Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. I am your host, Sean Garmer. Here with me as always, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And Daniel Anderson is here as well. Uh, so this is kind of the uh, proverbial calm before the storm. And while it's literally storming outside where I'm at. Likewise. Uh, because <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> this week, weekend, our week is going to be pretty much your... I guess you could call it what would have been E3. So uh, we got plenty of that. We got the uh, Xbox thing on Sunday. You have all a bunch of things on Saturday as well. You got um, Trevor Game Fest on, was it Thursday as well as the Devolver uh, joint thing that you know is going to be funny as well. So, And there was even a state of play last week that we're going to talk about here. Sega also announced another mini Genesis so there's that as well that we'll get into. Anybody been playing anything? I heard there was a, I guess, sort of big game that came out, Diablo Immortal. I tried to play it, and then I forgot that I have not used Battle.net in like two years. So It's also not a my, game with a scam. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I'm just saying that I can't even you try to play it because the authenticator thing that I used to use to protect my account Obviously, I don't have access to it anymore because I've had a new phone and a new computer since the last time I ever used my Battle.net. So I'm waiting for them to remove it so I can actually use it. Because I was like, what's the point of trying to start this thing and then I can't keep my progress because it's not tied to anything. I have not been able to play with it at all. Uh, I have played a game that was on Game Pass. But either one of you guys been able to play Diablo Immortal at all? I refuse to. I played it a little bit just to try it out, and it was about what I expected. Best game ever? Sure, we'll say that. <laughs> now nah, it was, uh, I mean, it was fine for what it was. It was a mobile game. I just, I know, I can see where the uh, pay-to-win comes into play, and I just have no desire to go down that hole. And I think I saw a stat that said it was a, what, Hundred and ten thousand dollars to get the high end items and fully level yeah, up. Yeah, like yeah, to, to fully like max out your character, it requires fifty grand per stat. Yeah, that's why I think a lot of people are going to download the game, look at it, and then not play it again. Not to mention the one point five or two gig download, and then you have to you have to download more once you get the game downloaded because you're downloading the maps and everything else. Just seem, It was just a lot to download. Yeah, there's like 12 things you have to download before even starting the game. And I'm just like, this is a lot of stuff just to put, you know, make this work. And I was like, ah, all right, I guess while well, I'm waiting to be able to play it. And so is it like not a good game in principle? It, I mean, it's like function, when I read it's functionally fine. Yeah. And you can ignore the play, like the pay to win aspects up until you hit like max level. And then it's basically like game on. <laughs> because you have to, like, you can't even get access to like high level gems and, unless you pay to get, try to get them. Yeah, because you have to pay. What, so what is it? It's paying for access to the, not dungeons, the, was it the, the realm? The, or? Uh, the greater rifts require like yeah, special crests that you need to, like, if you need to buy. And yeah, and so you, it's even if you get into the greater rift, you might not get the higher end items. 
but you have yeah. a better percentage chance to get them. Yeah, but it's only like point zero one to get the five star gem. <laughs> yeah, I mean the whole thing is just because I saw some other breakdown. It was like seventy five percent for a one star, twenty five percent for a two, five percent for a three. It was like point five for a four star, and then point one for like the max level gem because they want you to run that treadmill forever, or you know, just keep pumping money into it. Yeah, yeah. It. I mean. When you start playing it, it feels like a lighter version of Diablo 3 or 3.5 because it actually it plays pretty smoothly. It's not too crazy. It's not difficult. But then as you go along, I mean, once you reach the end game portion, that's when the pay to win hits. And honestly, I just got to the point where I didn't feel the need to keep playing it because I knew I'm not going to pay any money when I get to the end game. So why am I going to keep? going through it now. I mean, it's been compared to Lost Ark, but Lost Ark has, like, they had a lot of issues initially with, like, pay to win, but they really ironed that stuff out. They, like, listened to feedback. And you got a feeling that Blizzard never will. Especially since they haven't even introduced the auction house yet, which is going to be a disaster. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I mean, it's crazy to me to look at this and go... The end game build requires hundreds of legendary quest runs, and you can maybe get like three a month for free. I think it's like if you do fifty crests, you get you're guaranteed to get like one five star gem, or it's some like insane like. But you only like the max of a bundle, you only get forty five crests. So like they, you know, you have to double dip on that. And it's like, that's the, the dumbest thing ever. I mean, I just have no faith that they're going to tweak anything because. When the game was first announced and people were bringing this up, their response to complaints were, don't you have guys have phones? I mean, they have no real incentive to fix the game because they want it to, they want to find these wells and get the $110,000 to, for people to max out their characters. That's what they want. I mean, it's sad because it's like, you really could, I get it that you want to make a mobile game where you can get the whales and get people to send money and, and all that stuff, but it's just like, it's sad because this is still Diablo in a way, and it's, like, I don't know who, I mean, other than being here for the people that like to spend money in mobile games, I don't see how this is helpful to the people that just want to play a Diablo game. Well, it's the old, like, plans for Zombies 2 scenario, where, you know, I would play, I'd much rather just pay the game with 20 bucks and play it like a normal game than having to keep feeding money into it. And you have to wonder, like, weigh the pros and cons of oh, I get these whales, but that's only like 0.5% of the people who play it versus if you just spent 20 bucks, I'd, you know, and it was good, I'd, you know, you'd get a lot more people buying it. Yeah, and, and it's uh, also quite deceptive as well that like right before you hit 50, the game is actually still fine. But as soon as you hit 50, it just changes and that's just, that really, it, it it puts anybody off wanting to play it if you, unless you're just playing it without reading anything. But if you do any kind of research on the game, I think that puts you off playing it at all. And that's really not helpful or, or I don't know how this has any kind of lifespan for Blizzard. It's like, you can't even say it, say, Oh, well, this is a way to get you there until we release Diablo two. Not really. It's really just, or Diablo four. Sorry. It, it's a really a way to 
just kind of like get people more upset at you instead. It's just like, I don't know how they expected this to have a positive vibe other than, and now I kind of understand a little bit, even as, as reviewers ourselves or as, you know, critics, like the people that were really hating on everyone that was giving this a good rating because, well, I played it and I didn't run into the pay to win stuff. Well, of course, if you didn't get to level 50 in your playthrough, you never experienced that. But as soon as you do after the game is out, I think that should change everybody's thought on it. It's just, that's just sad to see that Blizzard has gone down this path. Well, I saw something uh, written and I believe it. The whole reason that they put the pay to win at the end of the game is to get that psychological effect of, well, I'm so close. I'm almost exactly. there. I've yeah. done all this work. I might as well spend 20, 30, 40, however much it takes to just try to get that next big drop. Yeah, exactly. You already played this game for free up until that level. It's like, ah, well, I'll spend $10, $20 now because I'm still getting to play this game, right? And I'm still yeah. not spending, you know, what I would have played for a full price Diablo game. So. Yeah, that has merit. Until you get the bill and you discover you spent $400 one month. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, because that nickel and diming, that, you know, that nickel, nickeling and diming aspect of it, you don't realize that until all of a sudden, exactly like you said, whatever card you put it on, you go, oh, wow, I spent that much on that? Goodness. I mean, I can understand people writing it, giving it a good writing if they haven't gotten to the pay to win stuff because. Functionally, it is a very good game up to that point. I mean, it is, it's a game I could see myself spending a lot of time on, but then I would be, I know myself, and I know I would be tempted to spend a little bit of money if I got to that point, so I stopped before it got to that point. And yeah, I mean, it was a fun mobile game. Now, do I think it's as good as even like Diablo 3 on the PC as it stands right now? No, but... It is a, I mean, it is, I would say, one of the better mobile games from a technical and functional standpoint, just not from a, when you get into the pay-to-win aspect. That's just disappointing, though, because it's like you shouldn't make a game where you're blocked off from finishing it. Like, that automatically will make me not, I mean, I'm probably not going to get to that point, but knowing that I wouldn't be able to reach the finish line without spending more and probably more than it would cost to just say whatever Diablo 4 would cost to get to that. That's just, I don't know how anybody can say, yeah, that's what I, I mean. I that's what yeah. most mobile gaming is. So, yeah. Well, I no, wonder if there... there's a lot of mobile games that you don't, that it's just, you're playing it for a little bit and then that's it. You're not actually I mean, it, playing like a game, you know, it, it even has like a daily login bonus. Like, come on. Yeah. I also kind of wonder, and this is just conspiracy theory talking, but if this approach is successful, I could see Diablo 4 being free to play. Oh, and God. then you're just paying to unlock whatever new stuff they put out. I just can't see because that will definitely be under Microsoft and Xbox's banner at that point. Yeah. I just can't the, see them. Well, at the time when they announced Immortal, it wouldn't have been. And I really, I think that could have been a plan. Hey, if this works on a mobile phone, let's put out a PC version where people are going to have to pay to unlock 
we're going to release these new riffs and you have to pay ten dollars to unlock them and then we'll we'll release a new rift every month and people have to keep paying to unlock it i could see them doing that before it became before it came under microsoft or when or if it happened yeah i i just worry about look what's happening with halo infinite where people complain and complained about and they're still complaining about a lot of the aspects of that multiplayer and then does Microsoft really want to deal with the headache uh, that they're already seeing with the mobile game on a fuller scale when that's sort of what even Blizzard themselves is kind of promising of, well, this is not really for you. This is for the mobile gamers. You're going to get your thing when Diablo 4 comes out and then you turn around and don't make it that. I don't know. That's that's really going to put a just sink Blizzard even more. And I don't think you want to do that if you're Microsoft, if you're trying to build them back up. Well, I don't think it's the plan. I don't think it's necessarily the plan now. I think it was the plan when they first announced Diablo Immortal. They were looking at it and saying, if this works, we can do this with Diablo 4 and get more money out of it. Uh, Activision, I could totally believe that, that they would have had that idea at one point in the I, I've played a little bit of uh, Floppy Nights. It's on Game Pass, an indie game. It's a turn-based strategy game with cards. Uh, so, and it's I, I love the art style. It's done almost like in a very like sort of looks like somebody just did an upscaled version of something with crayons, and it has like a lot of like old school vibes with the music and all the sound effects and. I mean, it's it's if you played a sort of card game that has any kind of strategy to it at this point, I'm sure someone has. Uh, it pretty much goes around in that same form. It's a turn-based game. Uh, you're trying to defeat enemies on the screen or complete your objectives and then go on to the next thing. I think it does that well. I'm still kind of in the, I guess you would call it a tutorial phase. Like, I guess that first part of it is... Well, for the most part, I've enjoyed it. I really like the banter between the main character and her robot friend that she created. And I think for the most part, it's a, it's a good little indie game. So I will probably keep playing it uh, here and there. It's a perfect little game for uh, to kind of drop in, drop out, either on your phone or system or PC. You can play a, a few rounds and, and then be done with it and, and go on. So I've enjoyed it so far. Anything you guys have been playing aside from Dallas Immortal? I bought a Sega Saturn. A Sega Saturn? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, well, it's a dark. It, I'm going down a dark path. <laughs> well, it has some good games, right? I mean, it wasn't a total loss of the system. It has about six good games, and those six are pretty expensive. Yeah. The nice thing about the Saturn is you can actually easily mod- modify it, so. Just make some burn games and play them on that. What made you want to get the Saturn? Was it cheap? Uh, I mean, it was like one seventy. I really want to play Castlevania Symphony of the Night on it, even though okay. I have like multiple copies of that game already on better systems. And like the the Saturn version of the game is terrible, also. But I just want to that... see it with my own eyes. Yeah, it's really dumb. Like I'm not gonna try to pr- present this as like a good thing I did. It's actually really bad, but. <laughs> The, the store also has something that's very dangerous. It has a Sega CDX that I am extremely tempted to buy. Stop uh, falling into temptation, Mark. Yeah. Do, do you know what the CDX is? 
What isn't it like the they added that on to the the Sega no. Genesis, right? Or no? you, that, that's the Sega CD. Okay. The Sega CDX is a basically it's a combo unit. So it's a it looks like a it looks like a like a very thick portable CD player. And I use portable in quotes because it's not portable really at all. And it has like a Sega cart like a Genesis cartridge slot in the back of it. And it can play Sega CD and Sega Genesis games. And it's five hundred dollars. And I'm like, oh man. Oh boy. I could kind Why? of afford that if I trade in some shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> I almost bought Valkyria Chronicles, which is also expensive as well. <laughs> what is that? I mean, for the Saturn? No, for the PS1. Oh, okay, the PS1 version. All right. Not, not Valkyria Chronicles. All right, uh, Valkyria Profile. Oh, okay. Well, that would sort of be worth it. I, I would agree with you there. Valkyria Profile is. Uh, that was a four hundred dollar game. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know part of that. That Wada thing y'all have talked about in the past. Of, well, it wasn't graded. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. value is obviously uh, subjective, but it's not like the game sold well or they made a ton of them. Yeah, that's true. But it's, I mean, it is a game that people enjoy. So yeah, um, and it's, I mean, a lot of people were hoping that it was going to be that. I forgot what that game was that they announced. They were hoping it was going to be another Valkyrie profile game, and it technically kind of wasn't. So. That has its cult following for sure. But that's been about it. Well, yeah, that's it for playing games. Let's talk about gaming news and gaming adjacent stuff. Just happened uh, earlier in the day as we're recording this. um, Jeff Gertzman announced that he was leaving Giant Bomb after 14 years. uh, The end of an era, obviously, with GameSpot before that as well. I mean, talk about like when any of us think about gaming, as far as like gaming pundits, gaming journalists, whatever, you know, you want to call those, you know, before the advent of influencers and streamers. I mean, Jefferson was pretty, he was uh, one of the guys on that list of, oh, I know who that is. And oh, yeah, he talks about game, you know, and how crazy he's been able to. Um, and now, I mean, we kind of figured, I, I think we talked about this when Vinny and Alex and uh, Brad left, that yeah. it kind of felt like it's not just uh, the company that owned was at Red Ventures. Yeah. It's also like sort of like they're trying to change the guard a little bit. I think Jeff stayed on an extra year to kind of smooth the progression out so that I think there would have been a much bigger backlash if all of the old heads left at once. I think this helps kind of smooth things out where as you, if you read the statement at all that they put out, uh, it really makes it seem like, look, we love Jeff. Jeff's great. You know, nobody's going to ever forget him, but please don't just turn your back on the rest of the staff that's here. I, as somebody that consumes a lot more giant bomb than I do, Mark, I'm not sure if you do a lot. Daniel, how do you feel about this, Mark? Like, yeah, it's a shame. Uh, he kind of checked checked out once he moved. Also, I think he did it like last year or maybe this year. I mean, they have some good people on there now, like replacements. Well, not replacements, but like new people. So, yeah, I'm curious what he's going to do next. But do you think he'll go join the uh, next lander group? He should be the intern, <laughs> or perhaps the the fire escape. 
show? Does it go over there? I mean, I'm sure he'll be guesting yeah. on the, on both those. But yeah, I don't know what, what he wants to do next. Has he mentioned at all? Like, I I know you mentioned him being checked out. Has he mentioned at all anything about like maybe just not doing anything with gaming? Or... I mean, not really. I mean, he does have two kids now, so obviously right. his time is a lot shorter, or you know, he doesn't have as much. So, I mean, he could just be checking out his games entirely, or he's just doing them for recreational use and actually having like a normal job. Possible. Daniel, do you have any thoughts on this at all? Like, how much Giant Bomb are you familiar with? And I'm not familiar with a ton, but it doesn't really shock me. I mean, you see this all the time where you have a site or entertainment group or whatever that starts gaining popularity. Somebody buys them suddenly instead of them being in charge of everything or being the main creative thrust behind it. You've got other people coming in and maybe having different goals for the site or different ideas of what they want done. And so then you start having the original people leave. I mean, it's not really shocking and it's not surprising. I think, I don't know what anybody will be doing next or anything, but I mean, it just doesn't surprise me. We see, I mean, you see that anywhere from a bunch of different sites have had stuff like that happen and not just sites. I mean, I'm trying to think of a good example off the top of my head. I know, I mean, just anything that really gets popular that's independent and gets bought up, people eventually leave just because it doesn't have the same feel. We see it with game studios all the time. Yeah, game studios. I mean, you even get it with, like, groups on YouTube. Uh, I think Cracked as a website had that happen where a lot of the main people left for one reason or another after it got bought out by a company. Uh, Even the, what's his name, the guy that, Started Oculus after eventually after got bought out by Facebook, he left because he didn't lucky. Yeah, but he kind of got forced out once he when it was known he was a white, you know, well, like a, kind of a racist guy. <laughs> well, I just mean in general, you see popular smaller companies, studio, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like once it gets yeah. big, people bail. Yeah. Well, and not necessarily bail. It's just they know it's not going to be the same way that they. Right. It, it won't be the same anymore. It'll be have yeah, more of a corporate structure and. Uh, some of their creativity might be limited, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like it's easy to say that, you know, Jeff will always be remembered as one of those, like, when you think about gaming, uh, he is, especially for, I think, our generation, somebody that will always be thought of. I mean, what do you think about as far as, like, a legacy for him? I mean, I'd say he's, like, the preeminent reviewer. Like game, they always talk about like Roger Ebert with movies. I mean, that for games, he's about as close as we're gonna get. Yeah, or at least he was. Like when he's when the giant bomb started, he that like they they really stopped doing reviews. So that's kind of a bummer. That's true. Yeah, I and mean, it was much more about the podcast and doing uh, video like stuff. And so I mean, he did make that a thing as well. You know, like so many video game. Uh, companies and, and sites, they do something like that now because it's a fast way to get somebody to watch something and know something about the game that they're interested in. And I mean, they really pioneered that very well, you know, without having to do this like full on review of it. So, uh, it, it's a sad time, but you know, sucks to see, obviously, uh, end of an era kind of thing. Definitely feels like now Giant Bomb is its own. 
Uh, very much like after he, you know, he was forced out of GameStop. It's very much like, what is Bye. Ryan Baum going to do now? Or, yeah, GameSpot. <laughs> Sorry. Sometimes really easy to confuse both of those together. Yeah, I mean, we saw that with Game Informer as well. You know, Andy McNamara finally left after so many years, joined EA. And now, I mean, obviously, due to the fact that GameStop, which owns the company, you kind of never know what's going to happen with them. So it's like you feel like Game Informer's kind of hanging by a thread sometimes. But they've even been able to kind of resurge with the website and, and all of that as well. So we'll be interesting to see what happens with Giant Bomb uh, going forward now that Jeff will not be there. So moving along to something that is much more uh, gaming focused here, that state of play, perhaps... The best state of play Sony's ever had really felt like a big event from what was announced. And I don't think you can say that for the state of plays for a long time. Like a lot of the time the state of plays, people get hyped and then it's very, it's very kind of just like, eh, all right, it happened. It's nowhere near what you get with Nintendo Directs. This one, I really felt like, man, everything announced I'm interested in. Or it's something like big for someone. So really cool that that is, um, that happened. There was at least one clunker in there, but okay. (laughs) I mean, I'm just, yeah, okay. I'm not saying, you know, but for the most part, everything is kind of big or something that somebody was excited about. So I'm sure you're referring to kind of Eternites, which is the most unknown thing I think that was shown there. But uh, aside from that, I mean, Resident Evil 4 Remake, we knew was coming. But they kicked it off with that. I mean, and it's made by a lot of people that made the RE2 remake. So that already kind of gives it a different feel. Are you hoping that that means they are going to give it more of an RE2 feel and more of a faithful kind of remake and not necessarily the what they did with RE3? Well, that RE4 one looked a lot more like spooky or like not supernatural, but a lot more like horror focused than RE4 originally was. So that might be interesting. Uh, my big, my biggest question, they didn't actually show it at all in the trailer, was what are they, they going to do with the merchant? Because they better have that guy just do that line again. You would think after how well the one in Village received, they wouldn't want to take that out. Yeah. Daniel, any thoughts on RE4 remake or just anything in general that you were really hyped about after what was announced here? Uh, the one thing, I mean, not really RE4, but I like Feeling that uh, PSVR 2 is going to be getting a Resident Evil Village port. That, that looks fine. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's something that they need. Uh, I think you're going to see Sony going pretty heavy into VR this generation. This the newest Resident Evil game is a good game to bring over. I think a lot of people are going to like that game. I mean, the last one did really... I enjoyed it really well, playing it on VR in the original PSVR, so I think that's good news. It shows that they're still trying to push VR not as a uh, gimmick so much as as a alternate way to play some games. Definitely, it's it's probably never going to be the way people play games, uh, but it is great to have it uh, be available and be a thing where they could compete with. Now, with the prevalence of the Oculus Two and and all that, to uh, have it still be wired, I think, might be an issue for some folks. But I like the fact that if they are really going after it, like you said, they really made it a focus here with uh, four games getting shown. 
And, you know, who knows if more will be coming, but even Resident Evil 4 is going to have some VR2 content. They didn't say it's going to be the actual, would they just port that one that's already been made over or what are they going to do with that when that comes? But we also got to see the Horizon Call of the Mountain or... That's the game that looked really rough to me. Both Why like, would you a, say that? The traversal system looked like kind of janky. Like, I don't know yeah. if you've played on, on on your quest, Daniel, but did you ever play The Climb? I haven't played that one. You should check. I think there's probably a demo. You should check it out. That looks and feels natural. Yeah. Horizon did not. And I mean, also, to be fair, it's still in development. So. Also, the combat looked pretty janky also, because like in the game, like, in the actual Horizon games, the robots move very quickly, and in this they didn't. Look, so it looked really unnatural for them to like slow. Yeah, they had to slow it down. Yeah. yeah, and it's like this. Okay, <laughs> I mean, because you can't really run like that. Like you got to think about you're the one actually moving to get away from those enemies. So if they're going as fast as they are on the game, you're not going to be able to move like that. So. I mean, even if you're just doing it with the controller, I think it's because of the movement, it can make you nauseous, right? So to pre- kind of prevent that, I think they have to do it that way. Yeah. So that was the only like blemish for this thing to me personally. I, I would say it did look cool that they qu- sort of made it like a monster hunter type thing it where it's just, it's about just killing the robots. Um, I thought it was you know, I, I thought it was about climbing the stupid mountain. <laughs> well, it is, but it's also like they made it a big deal about the fact that you're you're going out there to also, also take out these robots. So. It, it also looked like the combat was just a bow and arrow, like he had nothing else. <laughs> yeah, maybe they realized that from the original game, like that was kind of the most fun thing people liked about it. So why not do that more in this game? Uh, I yeah. mean, they did add more things to for uh, Forbidden West. Uh, I mean, I, I don't and... go back to it anytime soon, but yeah, it's cool. Yeah, speaking of adding something, they they have added Spider Man Remastered to PC. That's coming in August. I think also they announced Miles Morales is going to come at some point. So there's that. Another big game coming to PC for Sony. We already know some of the other ones that are coming. Stray is going to be the first PlayStation plus extra and beyond a uh, game that you can download day one, which that makes it exciting for me because I've been wanting to play Stray. Uh, of course, most people know that it's the cat game. If yeah. you, for some reason, haven't seen that. Any feelings on that at all? Does it make you want to check out the PlayStation Plus thing, knowing that you can play that game, essentially, for having the service? I mean, I just want to play the game. I, I do hope you can customize the cat. Pick like cat breed or color or something. <laughs> I think the cat you won't be able to change much, but maybe like if there's any kind of things you put on the cat or maybe like color, but I can't imagine you can change the breed. I think that cat's gonna be what it is. Well, I mean, yeah, just just yeah. like color, you know, like yeah, you can have an orange cat or like a black and white, right. one, like mine or a gray or you know whatever. Yeah, I I get you on that. Me having two cats as well, or three cats, really, you'd want to be able to kind of customize your cat and where you play as your own cat. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's something you get for, like, if you once you beat the game or something, you could play it again. No, that'll sell yeah. you, like, DLC packs. <laughs> that, yeah, that could be true as well. Mm-hmm. I thought Callisto Protocol looked pretty great. 
Uh, I watched well. the giant bomb reaction. They kept thinking it was Dead Space. <laughs> and I was like, no, he's not wearing a stupid outfit. So I don't think it's Dead Space. Yeah, also with the way EA is kind of tied to Xbox a little bit, I don't think they would have shown it there. Plus, EA has their own thing. Like, I don't think they would show any kind of update to Dead Space. But they did make sure they came out before then. Did not expect to see a 2022 date on there. So December 2nd, 2022 is when Cluster Protocol comes out. I mean, uh, any any thoughts on, on that game at all? I'd, yeah, I want to see the gameplay. I'm interested in it, but I want to see the actual gameplay. And I really hope they're not just trying to rush it out before the Dead Space remake and the game's not 100%. It worked for the Evil Within 1. Uh, I mean, I, I did like the Evil Within, but there, it obviously has its problems. So I think two more kind of big things uh, discussed from here is uh, Street Fighter Six got some gameplay. Uh, they uh, It wasn't announced there, but it is actually multi-platform this time. It is not just on PlayStation. They show a campaign where you walk around and do stuff. It's not... They, they finally stole from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. It's not the lame story mode that they had in, in Street Fighter V. I mean... No, no. Now it's going to be lame in a whole, whole totally new manner. It's going to be great. <laughs> I mean, they've also... the The supposed first wave has been leaked as well i mean what do you think about the way they look and and all that a lot of lots been made about that as well some of these new designs are bad i think chung lee cammy and dj in particular look terrible why do you why do you say that because like chung lee and cammy are known for their provocative outfits and i'm not saying they have to look like that exactly but cam or chung lee looks it looks like a 50 year old woman's dress and Cammy looks like completely different. And DJ looks like he got he's stuck being shocked by Blanca because his hair's sticking all over the place. I feel like they went for a more realistic feel, like everybody's older. Well, yeah, because yeah. it's supposed to take place after whatever, Street Fighter three. So yeah, like Dalsim yeah. has a has a really awesome yeah. looking beard, which I actually do appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, he, I'm looking at like E Honda, even Ken looks a bit different there uh, so i mean yeah they, they definitely went for that have you I think, what I, yeah. I think all the new characters names are also very lame yeah what jp and i mean that's that that's actually one of the not lame ones but like okay. luke marissa jamie mimi it's like wasn't wow. luke already in the he, series he got introduced in like late in street fighter 5 okay but it's like wow like talk about like some of the most white bread names you can think of or, you know, like, boring yeah. names ever. Like, think about, like, Blanca or E. Honda versus, hey, I'm Lily. I'm Kimberly. Yeah, definitely. Like, Guile. That's, like, a cool... Yeah. Uh, yeah, the original Street Fighter names have... Those are all pretty awesome. Unique. Stand the half the time, you know, kind of thing. But yeah. I'm not quite sure about all the effects. Like, I hope you can turn some of that crap off. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot was made of it. It doesn't have that, like, cartoony feel anymore I'll, I'll have to wait and see more of it i i was intrigued but i'm not a big fighting game person so i mean i don't yeah. want every street fighter game to look the same that's what we get with guilty gear you know right. it's good when they completely redo the art and style and still make the gameplay more or less the same i mean the last thing i think that was a big deal big surprise final fantasy 16 getting 
the news there of it's done, but they're waiting out basically a whole year to have it come out uh, in the summer of 2023. Lots of talk about icons uh, as the new name for the Eidolons or the Summons or the Aeons or whatever vernacular of summon I, that you want to give it. Yeah, I just want to summon Sid. He'll just be all the Sids from Final Fantasies. So the gameplay hook seems to be that the Eidolon or you know the icons uh, control basically what kind of character uh, character attributes your your main character has. All the summons have, I guess, a a dominant. The the I guess the the master the whatever the the controller that I guess you have to beat at some point in order to get that icon as part of your squad. I mean, wasn't that like um, Final Fantasy X? Yeah, that was very much. That's exactly what I thought of. I said, yeah. well, that was Final Fantasy X. You were trying to get all the summons because you had these. Uh, when the summons came out, it became a summon battle or the summon basically had its own HP and everything else. And, and well, I mean, you can like, literally have those, it out there. Yeah. Well, having to do those stupid gardens to get the summons. Yeah, and you had you had a lot of secret summons and everything else, so... Will be very interesting. Uh, seems like a lot of there is not just one on one fighting, but it seemed more like uh, he is just that one character. There's not other characters in your party. The party are the icons. It seems like. Any thoughts on that, Mark? Of you're not going to have like your Final Fantasy seven, eight, nine, ten, like your big party. It's it's uh, just one, like the Lightning Returns kind of. I mean, even Final Fantasy fifteen basically did the same thing. Like, you had a party, but you didn't control them. Right, you didn't like, control them, but you still, those, that whole story was based around all four of those characters, even though you only controlled Noct. I mean... I, I did see a really stupid article from PC Gamer talking about the trailer, going like, this is the death of turn-based combat in Final Fantasy. It's like, it's all an action game now. And it's like, didn't you play Final Fantasy fifteen? That was already it. Yeah, they were already moving in that direction. I mean, you can already you can go back earlier to Final Fantasy Thirteen if you if you think that way. Like, but come there on, there was also a lot of Final Fantasy Thirteen vibes. Like a lot of the font and a lot of the fighting style felt like Thirteen as well. Um, Great, so can't wait. Well, the-, the battle system wasn't the problem in Thirteen. Come on, <laughs> yeah, mean, it was. It kind of was because it took forever to get into it. Yeah, I don't. I like the switching around of the of the. Well, it wasn't the jobs. It, that was. Uh, you switched around the different, like, mecha... Yeah, yeah, I guess you could call it Jaws, but... Yeah, if you went from, like, Medic to Soldier to Summoner. Yeah, or like, that's yeah, true, like, yeah. It was totally a job system. Let's you did see it on if, the fly, not, like, you didn't have to go to, like, a menu. Right. Yeah, I'm assuming that that means that they want to give you a whole year ramp-up of news about the game and everything else. Um, or yeah, a year worth of uh, people buying the next-gen system so that they can have more copies sold. That's true because it's only a PS5 game. It is not PS4. So, uh, which I'm glad they made that call. I really wanted the next Final Fantasy to feel like it's uh, next gen or current gen, whatever. So, I'm excited from what I saw. It's going to take some getting used to to not have the party and everything there, but we'll see how the story rolls out and everything else. But it was cool to see like all the summons names one after the other bam 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 like that it's like damn this is cool yo what about cactar no no 
What about the one? I think it's the guy, the uh, the small guy with the knife. Oh, the Toneberry. But yeah. he's not a summon though. Yeah, he is. Uh, no, he's a he's a regular enemy. But you can there. There was at least one or two games where you can't summon him. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. It's just like a chocobo. You could technically summon it. Maybe, maybe if you get the knights as a round round summon, like then he plays like nine guys. <laughs> maybe. But they all control the. Like, it's like it's like it's like uh brothers where you all control in the same way. You know, speaking for myself, I actually liked that Eternal Knights game. The developer talked about how they wanted to make a game very close to Persona, and that gave me those kind of vibes. To me, it kind of looked like horny, like a horny version of Metagear Rising. I guess that too, because of like the combat, like the blade system. And it's also a dating sim as well. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's why I said that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like the roller drum as well. That looks really cool. Uh, skating and uh, the art style, and then also just shooting stuff. It's great. Uh, any anything else you, we want to comment about the state of play before we move along here? I'm good. All right. Silence <laughs> is golden. Then we will <laughs> move on. So the uh, other thing that we got was also a uh, big Pokemon Scarlet and Violet trailer. They did live up to the whole. This is supposed to be open world, and you can't explore it from the beginning. Uh, there's two professors, one for each version. There may be some co-op in the game as well. I'm hyped for this one. I have been since they announced it. And the fact that you have a grass cat already has me sold there. But I like the fact that we're kind of iterating on Legends Arceus, uh, kind of taking that full tilt with the open world thing. That really makes it feel like this Pokemon game might be special. I know you don't care, Mark, that, but that's on, that's on you guys to talk about. Yeah. Like, like, all right, <laughs> I think making it open world is gonna—you're gonna have more people uh, not take the easy first Pokemon choice because now they can take whichever one they want and go and do whatever they want in whatever order. Right. I mean, I'd like to see how the co-op is gonna work. I'm hoping they're not gonna have a bunch of stuff set around where you're. To get certain Pokemon, you're gonna have to have three other people to play with. Yeah, let's, I really hope they don't do that. I um, mean, yeah, they'll still have the the exclusive ones that'll be on their certain ones or whatnot. But I right. really don't want. I'm sure they'll have something akin to the what you had in Sword and Shield, where they had those little things that are made for multiplayer. Yeah. Um. I just. I yeah. hope it's. I mean, let's face it. It's gonna sell a ton of copies. It's yeah. going to be one of the highest selling games of the year. I hope it's something that has legs to it and it's not just going to be gimmicks that wear thin pretty quick. I totally agree there with that. I just hope that you can also play it single player and, you know, you it, it's not something that you have to have the co-op in order to enjoy as well. I mean, th- there's a lot to go through in that trailer, but I-, I think that's much better if we were had the visual component, which we uh, don't at the moment. So, uh, moving on from that, the Genesis uh, Mini Two or Mega Drive Mini Two is a thing. Uh, Mark, you that likes to, you know, just said you bought a Saturn. Uh, you like these uh, classic consoles. Like, yeah, I thought it was funny though because they announced this thing and they only had, like they were like, oh, it has fifty games, and they only announced like eleven. If you're going to announce the same games that everybody already knows, probably going to be in it I mean, that, that have 
that are some already on the, the Nintendo Switch Online, and then, you know, that we've known. You know there's going to be repeats from the first one. So See, I don't know. I think they actually did say that it's supposed to be all new games. Really? Okay. Yeah. Because they have at least five Sega CD games like, listed, and yeah. those aren't small. No, compared to like no. a Genesis ROM. So, yeah, I, I think the one game everyone wants is, like, Snatcher. But that's actually the incorrect game. Everyone should... This thing better have Make My Video, Marky Mark, and the Funky Bunch game on it. <laughs> I don't think that will be <laughs> the game that's on there, man. Start a petition. No, I mean, I doubt I'll get it because I didn't get the, the Genesis 1, like, the first one they had. But it's cool. Like, I applaud Sega yeah. that they actually are following through and they're making good stuff. Unlike Nintendo, which made two and said screw it. <laughs> yeah, I am. It's kind of like the the reason that they give for why they can't make a Saturn or Dreamcast mini. Yeah, the the emulation is hard on those systems, especially the Saturn, and you need a much more powerful computer to run them. <laughs> and then making the parts as well to make those. Yeah, I not... mean that makes total sense. To I mean, yeah, like you can get like a Raspberry Pi or a set like a Dreamcast emulator, but. It's not hundred percent perfect, and right. those things aren't that cheap anymore nowadays, anyway. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it'd be cool. It'd be cool. Like, eventually, it would be cool if they made, made like a Dreamcast Mini, but you know, it cost the same amount as a Dreamcast, like two hundred dollars, or you know, at least hundred dollars. So, yeah, that. not to mention, what are you going to do with the controls? Like, are you going to make it where you can have the four controllers, and so then you'd have to sell controllers by themselves, and how much? Cost is involved in that. I, just, I, yeah. I actually almost bought a TurboGrafx 16 Mini today by accident. Wow. Yeah. Because the store had a TurboGrafx and I was like, for like 150 I'm like, that's a good price. And then I, I told him to get it and then I was looking at it and I saw the USB ports in the bottom and I was like, ah, uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this thing should be cool. Depends if it can even come out in America. I mean, I don't think Magical Terudo or Haruto will come out, you know, I don't even think that's like an English game. Right. And what do you think of the lineup, I guess, that they have announced? I mean, Sonic CD is the obvious big one. They need to get Sewer Shark on there. That's the other yeah, big, Sewer Shark, you know, yes. It, it's a terrible game, but that's like one of its like a CD standouts, I guess, or what it's remembered for. I mean, I'd like to see Lunar and Vi. Those are like two Sega CD RPGs. I doubt that's impossible, because then I don't even know who owns them anymore. Especially Lunar would really be cool. Yeah. I mean, th there were two Lunar games and that Vi game, and they're all made by, like, working designs, but who yeah. knows who even has that anymore. And Virtual Racing School, I have that, actually, for my Sega Genesis. Well, there you go. If you are wanting another Genesis Mega Drive, that second one's going to be coming soon at some point here. Yeah. Uh Two things involving movies here. Uh, one of them is actually the Gotham Knights game, making sure that people don't confuse it with the Gotham Knights TV show uh, that is coming. That no uh, one wants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, make sure, you know. It's baffling to me that CW cancel like Legend of Tomorrow, and they're like, we're going to make the Gotham Knights show instead. Yeah, it's I, I watched the trailer. And I came away from it just with so many questions. Why are they, I guess the biggest one, why are they creating a new character for Bruce Wayne's adopted son? 
I I have to imagine like the season one finale will be like you're not really this guy. You're really Damian Wayne, like who had a you know a memory wipe or personality. You know, you're you're brainwashing to mean this new character or something like that. I mean, it's just I don't I don't think this show is going to be successful. I think it's going to be pretty bad. And I, if it, uh, they cut Legends and uh, what was the other show that they Batwoman. got? Batwoman. Yeah, if they cut. Which Batwoman probably stayed around too long anyway. But if they I mean that was, that, that wasn't a good show either. But like, <laughs> yeah, I mean if they cut them, just I think the last thing I saw was that they cut them because the studio lease was running out, and it was going to cost more money to renew the lease on the studio or something. Just some completely weird reason. I think uh, this show is going to get shut down pretty quick. And I also notice you haven't heard anything else about the. I forgot what the running name was, but I'm just going to say Hero Academy with uh, Diggle training future heroes. They mentioned, I, I did see that kind of like they're still trying to get that off the ground, but it's like, I mean, for all intents and purposes, like the whole Arrowverse thing is dead. Yeah, I think it is at this point. And the, I, mean, I mean, honestly, the, kill it, move away from it. The, the Flash is still going on, but that's a, a, a corpse of what it was. So, yeah. But hey, maybe you can pull a Supernatural in. The next two seasons actually be decent. Yeah, and then we find out that uh, Samoa Joe, yes, the wrestler Samoa Joe, is going to play Sweet Tooth in that TV series for Twisted Metal. And also Will Arnett is apparently going to do The Voice. That, that's bad. I mean, I like Will Arnett, but I don't envision him as Sweet Tooth. <laughs> like, I envision Samoa Joe growling as Sweet Tooth, really. <laughs> Yeah. Why have the actor not do the voice? That Probably don't think he can act, would be my guess. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, who knows? I, it, it could end up being a better move than anybody thinks. I think we'll of, find out when they put out a live action trailer and we get to look at it. Yeah. Maybe it'll work. I doubt it, but you never know. Well, this isn't in the doc, but speaking of awesome moves related to this show. That Nev Campbell won't be in Scream Six because they don't want to. They don't want to pay her, and it's like, a, how much is she really asking? And then b, like that last movie made one hundred seventy million dollars. You pay her. Yeah. You pay her now. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, that's they always have these kind of disputes, and then who knows by the time you get to the, when you're actually making it, they end up paying her. You know. Let's talk about it. We've had three parts of. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi Star Wars show. Uh, what have y'all thought of the series so far? I'll let you oh. go first because I, I haven't watched it. <laughs> oh, you haven't watched it yet? Okay. I, I kind of refuse, but I'll let you guys talk about it first. <laughs> wait, wait, so why are you refusing to watch this show? Because I'm tired of Star Wars being stuck in this like weird 70-year like life, like specific era where every, sh- every goddamn show or movie has to be like 30 years before basically Star Wars, quote unquote, like Star Wars 4, and then 40 years after, and that'd be it. They're tying into shit, or they're, they keep bringing up stuff I don't care about. It's like, how did, how did they get the Death Star plan? Who cares? I what, love what? Rogue One, and I will keep saying this. <laughs> or like, how, how did Han and Chewie become friends? Who cares? They are. Yeah, the solo like, movie You, you don't need an explanation for everything. Why is Obi-Wan living as a broke down hermit? Because, you know, 
It's already kind of explained at the end of Star Wars 3. He lost everything. The end. But what do you think of the show? <laughs> I have enjoyed the show for what it is. I, I mean, I'm uh, sure it's a... I'm, I, the reviews are fine, but I, I'm just sick of them keep referencing stuff. At least like The Mandalorian, it's pretty disconnected from Star Wars as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. So then, I, then keep referencing the same five characters over and over, or like, oh, this is when uh, you know, Princess Leia had her bat mitzvah. <laughs> this is when Luke got his first, like, you know, speeder license. We can have a show about that. It's like I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't say that too loud. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I really <laughs> don't. I really hope we don't go that far into the weeds. But I, I mean, Daniel, I mean, what have you thought about this this show? Overall, disappointing. Okay. There are some very good parts in it, parts that I enjoyed. But the third episode, I mean, it's like I start to enjoy it, and then there's some really, really glaring, dumb moves, dumb decisions, or stuff that was somehow cut out. And it just it takes you out of being able to enjoy it. From the Benny Hill chase to... <laughs> To yeah. the way that the third episode ended with how Kenobi got away. It's just, and not even going through the Inquisitor, going through the tunnel. Nobody's saying it's a labyrinth. Nobody's saying there's a lot of different tunnels. Just saying, just follow the tunnel to the end. Yet somehow she got ahead of Leia and never crossed paths with her. I mean, just so much stuff that it feels like single lines that would have explained stuff were cut out for some reason, and it just leaves me a little bit more confused. And I'm trying not to spoil anything, but if they had, when they went through the tunnels and the officer was going back to help Kenobi, if she had just said, it's a labyrinth, just stay with this tunnel, that's all it would have taken. And then you can explain how the Inquisitor got ahead of them. If, and I'm, I know I'm picking on the third episode, but it's the last one I watched, so it's the one that's most recent in my mind. Yeah. If, at the end of the episode where Vader is standing there, spoilers, Vader was in the third episode, sorry, where he's standing there over the field of fire that he already put out one using his force powers, but for some reason he can't cross this one and Kenobi gets away. All you'd have to do is have Vader turn to the stormtrooper and say, we'll be able to use Kenobi to find the rest of the people that are trying to smuggle Jedi this planet's locked down. We can see how far this infestation goes. Or just something like that to explain why he let him get away when he had him. I mean, it's just... I want to enjoy it, and there are parts of it that I really like, but then they have these big, stupid, glaring errors that take me out of enjoying the show. And I do overall like Leia. I think that they've done a good job with her. I know there's people that don't like her for some reason. I think that they do a good job portraying her like, okay, she acts like this as a child, so definitely this is why she continues this as an adult, being feisty and kind of a smart ass and Yeah, uh, I mean that I'm kind fine of with that. Yeah. But then the Benny um, Hill chasing. Yeah, the <laughs> I mean, the really, Kenobi chasing her around like that was so I mean was so silly and I, I laughed a lot during it. <laughs> it's just again it so you're enjoying the show, you're enjoying the show, it's got a decent setup, and then you see that chase scene. Yeah. And you, I had to pause it and ask myself, did I really just see that? I mean, the, the, when Vader does show up, you know, that's a pretty cool moment, and then seeing them 
sort of like he's very intimidating, very yeah. ominous, and then for some reason that whole feeling just goes away. Yeah, exactly. He starts going right after him. It's like, okay, well, I don't know how many more parts there are. I think there's six uh, total. Six. Okay, so yeah, six, six part series. We've gotten to the halfway point. Miss um, Marvel, I think, also comes out. I think it might be the end of the week, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So, you know, we got that coming up as well. I just, for sure, there was, like, I agree with you. There's a lot of things that I, I do enjoy about it. I think that they do a good job with the setting. And what's his name? I don't know what his name is, but uh, the guy that that acts like he's a Jedi, but he's really not. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I like him as an actor. Yeah, uh, he basically played uh, Dinesh from Silicon Valley if he was trying to pretend that, to be uh-huh. a Jedi. And exactly. You know what? It was hilarious. I enjoyed that part. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you knew watching it, you knew from an instant he wasn't really a Jedi. And did you catch the name of the little boy that they helped escape yeah. in the credits? Yes. It's why do they have to tease fans with that stuff? And then what was the name? Corin. From the uh, X-Wing books and I, Jedi, Corrin Horn. Well, they just call him Corrin, but it's the spelling from of the character's name in all the books. That's yeah, a nice like Easter egg, I think, for people. Yeah, well, and he was he uh, in the books. He was born on Corellia. In the show, this boy was being sent to Corellia, and he was had he was force sensitive. Okay. So yeah, I mean. It's one of those things where they're, you wonder if they're teasing the character, but then again, you're kind of hoping they aren't because it's not going to be the same character as what it was in the in the book. Yo, has yeah. Jar Jar shown up yet? No, thankfully. Well, where is it? Where is his TV show? <laughs> did you he- hear the news that broke today? No, I saw no. a story today that uh, in Chippendale, Ugly Sonic. Oh yeah, he's in it. Yeah, yeah, he's in yeah. it. Yeah. So in uh, the storyboards, it was going to be Jar Jar instead of Ugly Sonic. Oh my God! Could you imagine? That? <laughs> wow! I'm glad they went with Ugly Sonic. When you start crossing them like that, I think it's when you know I start kind of losing a little bit with the Disney owning a lot of stuff. It's like, all right, let's not put Disney stuff with Darth Vader and, and other um, you know uh, Star Wars stuff. Did you watch the Chippendale movie? Yeah, I watched most of it. That's the type of movie where nobody would have complained about the crossover. Fair, but it's still a Disney property. Like, I think Sonic kind of works because it's not a Disney thing. It's a Paramount what do, what do you thing. Think, what do you think Kingdom Hearts is eventually going to be? No, but the Kingdom Hearts that I'm problem with. Like, that's just something that you know is... Yeah, it's a Disney property. <laughs> no, but... Okay, but Kingdom Hearts is different because that's the way it is. It's meant for all of these things to cross and... All that, even well, though they don't technically take them out of their own worlds, it's not like we have, uh, you know, Aladdin going over to to the frozen world and doing stuff over there. You can, they still kind of contain them in a way. But I love that Chip and Neville movie, though. I think that they did a, a fantastic job with that, and I love the like Dale is the 3D sort of CG one and then chip well, is not and, yeah and they know. even sat there and said that he said that he had cgi surgery to look more <laughs> yeah commonly animated now i mean it was the whole thing was poking fun of everything which is why i yeah. think 
Jar Jar would have worked, but I don't know. Maybe if I would have seen it, I think I still would have enjoyed it just because it's like Disney poking fun of themselves, of uh, like knowing people didn't like this character. But hey, you know, um, they should have had a really fucked up version of Tails, also. Yeah, that, I was surprised they didn't try to do even more with that. But you know, Earl, anything else you want to comment about the Kenobi or any other thing you have watched? Star Trek's still good. I haven't watched the most recent episode, but I'm caught up to last week's. Just haven't watched last week's yet. Yeah. Strange New Worlds is great. Who'd Give us more of epi- that, less of Discovery and Picard, please. Yeah, who'd have thought an episodic Star Trek show could work so well, huh? I know. <laughs> I mean, it's, Especially with good characters and somewhat good writing. <laughs> yeah, who needs a big threat to the galaxy every season? Just give us what the fans want. I mean... The only thing I don't like about this Star Trek, kind of, is they haven't done a lot with the engineer guy, and I kind of like him, but he's barely in the show so far. Well, he was in the uh, B-plot of the uh, the one with the Gorn. The last, uh, Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it just has arm broken, and that was it. He's like, you have another hand, first of all. Like, well, you, that. You, had to, you had the two hands, because you had to operate the two panels at the same time. Oh, okay. But he's not in, he's not in this last episode at all. Uh, Kirk, the yeah, Paul. Kirk. Yeah, he was only in that. They made a big point of introducing him at the end of the first episode. He was in the second episode, and we haven't even seen him. Right, so him. he just disappeared. He's not in the credits, also. So that yeah. <laughs> he's supposed to be the brother of James Kirk. So yeah, and also I don't think you watched it, but the Orville is back, and it's still excellent. Yeah, that one was really good. They came out swinging with that. Uh, I mean, well, the very first thing you see when you put it on is in memory of Norm MacDonald, so. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's it for the show this week. Uh, like I said, kind of previewing what is to come here. So next time we leave the show, we'll have all the different conferences that were will have happened by the time we do it next time. We may even do it, at, I don't know, maybe we'll do it a day early, perhaps. Yeah, uh, that's... That's kind of it for this week. Until next time, we will see y'all later. Later. Later.